Welcome to the Lifestyle First podcast, discussing lifestyle medicine and making self-care as easy as one, two, three. One question, two research reviews, and three actionable health tips, all centered around the Lifestyle First method, your blueprint for the 10 key roots of optimal health and happiness. And now your host, lifestyle medicine physician and coach, Dr. Alka Patel. Hi, hey, and hello, and welcome to series eight, episode number three. So the theme that we are focusing on today is F for food. And the one question that we're exploring is, what can I do about emotional eating? And to help me answer that, I have with me the lovely Mita Daji. Mita is the founder of Naturally Nourished with Mita. She is a certified integrative health and nutrition coach, particularly interested in stress management and the use of EFT, emotional freedom techniques. So Mita, welcome today. Lovely, lovely to be chatting with you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Lovely. So look, let's get talking about emotional eating. I think There's really no doubt, is there, that we do eat for a whole host of reasons. And um, actually going back to my very first podcast episode on the topic of food back in season one, one question I asked then was, do you eat to live or live to eat? And uh, it's a really interesting and, and fun question, actually. But there's a lot there, isn't there? Because I think as much as our as our hormones and our metabolism, they're a real trigger for eating. We've got hormones like insulin and ghrelin and leptin, for example. Our emotions actually are a very, very strong trigger. And that's, I think, why we hear that phrase a lot, don't we? Emotional mm-hmm. eating. So maybe just to kick us off, Mita, can you maybe expand on what emotional eating actually is? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great place to start. So emotional eating is probably something that we can all relate to, especially over the last 18 months. Um, Generally speaking, when we're referring to emotional eating, we're talking about eating for reasons other than feeling hungry. And generally that's relating to feelings and emotions, both positive and negative. So if you think about the last time you kind of tucked into, you know, um, the jar of cookies, you know, there really was probably an emotion behind that, a feeling behind that. So we tend to call it emotional eating and stress eating as well. So right, there is sort of real context in that, isn't there? And those words are kind of quite powerful, emotional eating or, or stress eating, because you're right, we eat for for fun, um, which is a kind of really positive emotion as well. We eat in connection with family. There's lots of kind of positivity around food as well. But actually, there's also things like fear, isn't there, that yes. our food choices or we eat when we're frustrated. Do you have a sort of a host of scenarios where people have said to you previously that, that actually food is not about just hunger? What else is there? What are those emotions that you commonly come across? Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a clinical psychologist in the US who's written a great book. um, And I think her website is too much on her plate.com. Her name is um, Melissa McCreary. And she talks about the hidden hungers of eating. So actually, things that we crave that aren't really food, but we reach for food instead. So that's things like wanting to feel calm, wanting to feel in control, or when we're feeling scared, or when we wanna feel energized, or when we're trying to avoid something. And these are all reasons why we might reach for the food, and the food is such a powerful force that we kind of use that in our toolkit to kind of as a coping mechanism, when really it's not probably the most sustainable 
habit, so to speak, you know, because it obviously it has its connotations as well. Mm. So I think what you're, you're revealing there is those inner layers of ourselves when it comes to food, which we don't usually share, do we? We don't share our vulnerabilities. We don't share our insecurities. And these are some of the reasons that we do turn to food as well, aren't they? Particularly when we're talking about emotional eating. Do you think there are ways that maybe we, we should start having these conversations? How can we start talking about our relationship with food and our relationship with food and emotions in a different way? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's such a sensitive subject, you know, and I do want to preface by saying, you know, we're not talking about any of the kind of the disorders such as, you know, with the food disorders, that's not what we're talking about here today, or trying to treat or diagnose or cure. But this is really just something to think about when we're talking about the kinds of foods that we're putting into our mouths. And what it is we're actually, what is the reason behind it? What are the triggers behind it? And having that awareness, you know, I think the first step comes from that awareness because so much of what we do comes from our subconscious mind. You know, I think it's about 95% of what we do comes from our subconscious mind. So sometimes we do it without even thinking, you know, we're working from home, we're stressed, we go into the kitchen, we reach for something that's unhealthy, you know, and walk straight back out again. So it, First of all, I think first and foremost is having that awareness and really that the voices, how we speak to ourselves is just so important, I think, in this, because that really has repercussions on how we behave around food, you know, and how we speak to ourselves. We speak to ourselves in the language that we use. We'd never say to our best friends or say to anyone else out loud. So I think having that awareness and having that compassion for yourself and really just being curious, being curious about how you're actually, what are your eating behaviors and what are your triggers? You know, that's the most important thing is one thing that if you're going to take anything away from this is really looking at what are those triggers? Is it on a Tuesday night every week before the board meeting on a Wednesday? Is it when the kids are running riot at dinner time? You know, there will you will start to see certain patterns. Is it on Christmas Day when all the families together and they don't all get on? You know, there's we know that there are going to be triggers that trigger us, and it's looking for those triggers and being aware of that, where then you could make a different choice, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and I think what you're saying is going to have so much resonance with people. Listen, we can all actually visualize those scenarios, can't we? Um, and I actually use this um, lovely term. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it, which um, I call the why technique. So mm-hmm. when you are reaching for something to eat, raising that kind of conscious awareness is really just to take a few seconds just to pause and ask yourself that question, why? And so the W is exactly yeah. that. Why am I reaching for food? And then the H is, is it because I'm hungry? Mm-hmm. And that's the important question to ask when it comes to emotional eating, isn't it? Because yes. what is going to give us those signs that we're hungry, that little rumble in the stomach, that feeling that mm-hmm. you need to eat. But actually, if the H is, I'm not eating because I'm hungry, then what else is it? It's all the things yes. we're talking about, isn't it? It's about yes. safety. It's about um, keeping yourself um, comfortable. It's about because you're fearful. It's about is something else coming up. So really allowing yourself to be in tune with that reason why. So the W is just to wait and just ask yourself the question. Why yes. The H is 
am I hungry? And then the why of why is, yes, I am eating because I'm hungry. And you allow yourself that permission to eat. And I think that's so important as well, isn't it? To give yourself permission to just say yes, but also equally to recognize that no, I'm not eating because I'm hungry. I'm eating because there's a, an emotional reason. And are there other ways that I can actually feed that emotion? And do you have those? What, are, what do you feel are the other ways that actually when we recognize this is emotional eating? Okay, you said get more aware, use the why technique. I'm recognizing that I'm reaching for food when actually it isn't to satisfy that biological need of hunger. Then what else should we do? What else could we do? Yeah, so... If we want to sort of delve a little bit deeper, I would say once you've looked beyond those triggers is look at the, the emotions behind it, because really we're talking about emotional eating. So, you know, your trigger, you know, it's on a Wednesday night. But what is the what is the emotion that you are actually trying to suppress? Because ultimately, when we're emotionally eating, we are our emotional needs aren't being met. So we're putting a plaster on it with a food, you know, with alcohol. So what is the emotion that you're feeling? Are you scared? Are you anxious? Are you fearful? And really labeling that emotion. And, and when you get to that point, so you're, you know, and this is great, this is a great thing to do in a journal as well. I really encourage a lot of my clients to, you know, spend five minutes, you don't have to spend a long time, but just spend five minutes just journaling that emotion. Because what I tend to find, and particularly with the work that I do with EFT and emotional freedom technique or tapping, as I like to call it, is generally speaking, that emotion comes from something, an experience or a trauma that goes back into your childhood. Now, I don't like when I say trauma, it doesn't have to be a big T trauma. It could be something as small as some, you know, an aunt saying something to you at a dinner party that was a flyaway comment that your subconscious mind then registered that causes you to reach or not reach for a certain food. And it's things like that. And with EFT, you're able to kind of unpack that through the tapping technique. Tell us a little bit more then about emotional freedom techniques and, and tapping. Tell us a little bit more about maybe the premises that it's, that it's based on some of those sort of, uh, perhaps physiological concepts, just so we've got a better idea of, of... Yeah, sure. So emotional freedom technique or tapping, as we like to call it, works in exactly the same way. If you're familiar with acupuncture, then it works in exactly the same way as acupuncture. But instead of needles, we use our fingers to tap on certain parts of the face and the body. So it's a cross between energy medicine and kind of modern psychology. And we bring in a little bit of talk therapy while we're doing the tapping as well. And what we're doing is we're tapping on kind of end meridian points throughout the body. And the, the energy psychology behind it is that when we're doing that, we have a kink in our energy system. So imagine a garden hose with a kink. And when we do the tapping, we release that kink. So it allows the energy to flow more freely. Freely. The kind of the science behind that is when we're tapping on these points, we are activating our um, amygdala. So this part of our brain, which is responsible for the fight or flight, the alarm system, the fire alarm that goes off and tells us that we're in danger. And that is really that our kind of our GPS system that's really alerting us to stress. But by tapping through these points, you are calming and lowering that signal down. So you're kind of reducing the cortisol levels and the fight or flight. Now, how does that come into play when we're talking about emotional eating? Well, there could be a certain trigger that is causing you to reach for a certain food because of something that's happened in your childhood. And by tapping on these points, 
while having the food in front of you, not always, but it works better when you have that food in front of you, recalling that memory. So you do have that emotional arousal. We tap through the points. The arousal then decreases. So you then don't have that emotional charge, but you still have that memory. And therefore, you have no connection with that food and that emotion. And it's really, really powerful. I mean, I've seen some really, really amazing things happen with people using EFT. It doesn't take a, a huge amount of time. For some people, you know, it might take a, a little while longer. But for most people, generally speaking, in one session, we can really get things moving in terms of the emotional eating and, and sort of reducing those cravings. Yeah. So that's so interesting to, uh, to hear mm. sharing some of the science behind that. You know, I'm always interested in, in really understanding um, how different techniques work and really getting a sense of how this is kind of fitting into our natural physiology and biology as well. Because I think the more you understand about how something is working, the more yes. you are to sort of stay connected with it as well. I think that's so important. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. So what sort of outcomes then? You mentioned sort of you've seen amazing things, but in real time, what sort of outcomes have you noticed with people who've recognized that connection with their emotions and their food and do want to somehow break some of this cycle? What have you what have you noticed? What have I seen? Yeah, so I'll give you an example of one client in particular. He was, you know, had a real sweet tooth, let's say, really, really struggled after every every meal, you know, needed something sweet, um, but particularly at times of stress, when he was feeling really, really stressed, he would very, very quickly re reach for chocolate. It was generally something that was chocolate-based, um, but always something sweet. And, you know, we kind of got to, to talking about the triggers, and yes, it was stress-related, and he understood that he was feeling stressed, was feeling a little bit anxious, but kind of peeling the layers back using EFT, what we found was when he was younger and when he wasn't feeling so great or when he was under stress, his mum would always take him to the bakery and buy him something sweet to eat, generally in the name of chocolate. And this was done more than one time. So, you know, it really registered in that subconscious mind. And he was looking for his mother's love, that kind of that calming, this is what I need and I know this is going to calm me down. So he would reach for a piece of chocolate or a donut. And when we tapped on this it, and it came to the surface, all of a sudden he became so much more aware. But, but really how that changed his behavior is he no longer reaches for that chocolate anymore. I mean, it's really, really amazing to see the differences in people's behavior just by using this tapping technique. It almost sounds too good to be true and it sounds a little bit woo-woo, I understand that, but it really, really does work. And there's so much science behind it and there's so much research now. Um, there's, um, there's a lady called Peter Stapleton and she's at Bond University in Australia. And she has also just done some research um, about cravings and about reducing cravings using EFT. Um, and she found exactly the same thing, you know, she. Um, it was a randomized trial. She worked with people over the course of eight weeks. And over that time, she reported back and checked in with them a year later and reported back that the anxiety levels had decreased, the cravings had decreased, their willpower increased. And over the 12-month period, nothing had changed, i.e. they hadn't gone back to their original behaviors. Um, so really, really fascinating, really, really fascinating research behind it. But when you see it in real life and you see it with clients, it is quite life changing for a lot of people. 
powerful stuff, Mita. That story you told is is incredibly powerful because I was just visualizing just un, unleashing those layers. And we all yes. have our layers, don't we? And I yes. think some real honesty to that and allowing ourselves to sort of unpeel a little bit like those layers of an onion, you know, can we really, really get to the core because yes. stories follow us throughout our lives. Absolutely. And we don't often make that connection. And once you do, it's incredible actually then what you can let go of if that's what's important to you. So thank you for that story. I think that will stay with me for, for some time, actually. And now, here is your lifestyle first prescription. Your three activating actions to take you from knowing to doing. Three actions that are really tangible, that they can really take, that will make a difference to, to them. So particularly when it comes to recognizing emotional eating and food, what is it that listeners can do? Yeah, so I think um, there's kind of, I was looking at this in the kind of the, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and, and what practical steps you can take. And one of them was, and it sounds completely irrelevant to what we're talking about, but one of them is prioritized, but goes very much within your lifestyle method is prioritizing sleep. And the reason I'm saying that is because we know that when we haven't had a good night's sleep, less than five hours, you're more likely to reach for 22% more calories the next day. And that, when you've got triggers going on anyway, is huge. And we all know it. We've all done it. We've all had a poor night's sleep. We've been out the night before. And in the morning, rather than make a smoothie like I normally would, I'll probably reach for a muffin. We've all been there. So sleep is so important, as you know, and I know you talk about it quite extensively in your podcast and the work that you do, just has this, it's like such a fundamental pillar of health. So it might sound a bit random, but it is definitely related to our eating patterns. Um, the other one I would say, which is, you know, a, a kind of obvious one is, is, you know, reducing those, those foods around you that you are going to be craving and not having them around you and having a kind of a healthier swap or an alternative. So maybe not have as many, it, it, this is baby steps. You know, you don't want to go cold turkey because that doesn't help anyone and that's not going to help you sustain those habits. But, you know, having a kind of a healthier swap so you can crowd out that emotional eating behavior. And then the awareness piece, you know, I think this is huge, is just having that little bit of awareness, like you were saying with your why method, taking that pause, taking that one minute to just stop before you reach, because again, it's that subconscious mind that's kind of taking over and having that awareness. And then if you want to go, you know, deeper dive into it, then EFT is absolutely something worth exploring to really get down to some of those things that happened in our childhood and things that happened in our past that are contributing to that emotional eating piece. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for those, Mita. I love that you've actually really broadened the, the conversation at the end there because yeah. so much is so connected, isn't it? In fact, everything is connected. Everything is connected, exactly. Uh, thank you for re-highlighting that um, for us as well. And I'm sure people are going to want to know more about EFT in particular um, from you as well. So tell me, what's the best way to, to keep connected and for people to reach out? Sure. So my website is Naturally Nourished with Mita, or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram with exactly the same name, Naturally Nourished with Mita. And yeah, get in touch. I'd love to connect with you. Amazing. I'll put all of those links on the podcast and the links to some of the references that you've uh, you've spoken about today. I think they'll be really useful to have a look at as well. So thank you so much, Meepa. It's been really lovely having a chat with you today. Thank Great. you for opening our mind and our hearts as well, um, which now simply leaves me to wish everybody a happy, healthy day. 
Thanks for joining us on the Lifestyle First podcast, making self-care as easy as one, two, three. Don't forget to subscribe and share, and we'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. To learn more or to arrange a consultation, please visit www.dralkapatel.com. See you next time.